Welcome to the Zen Stoic Path. On this episode, I have a very special guest. I have Heather Daly, the founder of Conscious Kids Coaching. Heather is a kids confidence coach and a pediatric OT by trade, and she has come onto the Zen Stoic Path for us to have a conversation where she discusses the ways in which she helps kids to actually regulate their nervous systems, build confidence in themselves, and be safe in their bodies to experience their emotions. She works with parents and kids to help them to create a peaceful, cohesive, and fruitful relationship together. Heather also happens to be my girlfriend, my life partner, the most amazing woman that I've ever met, and I'm truly excited to share this episode with you. We did go into her conscious kids coaching process for a little bit, and then inevitably ended up talking about our relationship and just the ways in which we run our dynamic. Now, this is something that we do enjoy talking about because we truly do have a relationship that in our eyes is a dream come true, something that we didn't think was even possible before we met each other. So I really, really hope that you enjoy this episode. I'm really excited to share it with you. It was an awesome conversation and there are a ton of nuggets throughout the episode. So enjoy. Another exciting announcement that we talk about in this episode is actually a podcast that Heather and I are going to be creating called The Unconscious Couple. Now, this is not a relationship-centric podcast. It actually is a podcast centered around the things that genuinely interest Heather and I. So we'll be talking about all the different things that really pique our interest, the things that inspire us. We'll be bringing on guests that we think are really cool and fun to talk to, and we'll be exploring things that we like to do in our everyday lives that help us to live a fruitful and fulfilling life. Things like our morning routines, things like our workout routines, meditation styles, coaching styles, different stories from our experience. And we're purely doing this as a creative passion project to start, and we are really excited to share it with the world. So if you've enjoyed the Zen Stoic Path and you want to get to know more of the unfiltered Victor, then I would go and listen to the Unconscious Couple podcast when it comes out. Enjoy the episode. So this is a very exciting episode that we get to do together. Uh, first of all, you are my girlfriend, most wonderful thing in my life, the <laughs> most beautiful gift that I could ask for. And you're also a badass coach that now is working and helping kids with their confidence. And you went from being an OT who was happy with the work you were doing, yet feeling drained by the whole process of it and what you were in, to being someone who has their own coaching practice and is doing what they love and is helping people in the way that you want to help people. And you're experiencing this freedom, which I'm just so blown away by the fact that you did that in less than a year. So, Heather, welcome to Zen Stoic Path. Thank you. This is a long time coming. Yeah. <laughs> Very excited. Oh, me too. So I know like you work with kids and mm -hmm. I know something that parents who watch this show have probably thought to themselves, like, how can I teach this to my kids? Or like, mm -hmm. I wish I knew this as a kid because you and I both had a childhood where we didn't know any of this stuff regarding philosophy, regarding psychology and different ways that we can help ourselves and help others. So how did, like, how did you get into working with kids? Cause I know it chose you, but obviously the people listening yeah, have not had them. Know, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It always chose me. It was just a force of nature that no matter how hard I tried to deny it, just always was and will be my path and you know after graduating ot school and going to school to become an ot i had every intention of going into the more hardcore quote unquote side of ot with 
let me work with a neurological population, you know, thinking of going into spinal cord injury, stuff like that. It never came to fruition in the best way. It always was pediatrics. Every single job, every single state I lived in and all of my clinicals and schooling, it just time and time again was working with children. It always was something that I was good at and that I loved and that worked really well. Yeah, it, it's certainly been amazing watching you work with kids because you connect and relate with them so easily. Like mm -hmm. I've even seen like just the way that you connect and relate with my younger brother and sister who mm -hmm. they're 15 or like other you know kids of friends that we have. Mm -hmm. uh, what is it that you love about working with kids as opposed to adults? Because I know you tried to work with adults and the universe kept yeah. <laughs> redirecting you. But what do you what do you love about it? They're so honest. And <laughs> that's inherently funny and entertaining. You never know what's going to happen or what they're going to say. And I really love that and resonate with that. I also find that it's very complimentary to my energy because there's this cool, hey, let me let me let you know something or I want to share something with you or invite you into something energy, like a big sister energy that I feel really come online when when I work with kids. And I've been really enjoying you mentioned your siblings. I've been really enjoying that preteen to teen age group for that reason where it's just kind of like hey let me tell you something i wish i knew when you were when i was your age mm -hmm. yeah you're like you're letting them in on a little secret <laughs> i am um, i am I, and you you definitely are i mean especially not only with the work that you do for the kids but also you also work with their parents as part mm -hmm. of the process and what what do you think most people get wrong about their perspective on helping their kids to become mm. more confident or more more able in, in, in the world to to do what they want to do? Well, it's a trick question because I never call a parent wrong, <laughs> especially because I'm not a parent. Right. Right. So that's always something I hold as a foundation mm -hmm. is that I have not yet walked in a mother's shoes and and I don't truly know what that's like from an embodiment perspective so i actually think that is one of one of the biggest pillars is to walk in with a certain level of respect and admiration just for the role that that person is in from a parental perspective something that i guess i can speak on my childhood or where in a, a perfect world where i would have been nurtured a little bit more as a child is uh, I always felt as though my parents wanted me to be a certain way that I just wasn't. You know, we talk about true nature in regards to just who I truly am at the core. And we always talk about it in the context of our relationship and of love that it's just such a such a match. It's such a vibe. Right. And yeah, it's so easy just to be together right? yeah. and aligning with our true nature, which I would love to hear your take. I mean, I've heard it like a, a million times, <laughs> but I would love to hear it in the context of the show. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, for sure. Well, 
the more that I am loving and embracing myself and my true nature, the more I can see and appreciate that of my clients as well. And then there's so much beauty in a parent also wanting their child to blossom into the person that they are, that they incarnated here to be, rather than a carbon copy of the lineage. And that was where I fell, especially with a lot of well-meaning religious conditioning in my upbringing. That was where there was a lot of of disconnect and where um, even to this day it's created avoidable conflict. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, it's our, the parents that we have and the elders in our lives, they have this idea of what they want us to be and they attempt to fit us into that box. Mm-hmm. And I've noticed that in my own life and from hearing about yours, it the same thing happens every time. Like it gets met with resistance. It gets Always. met with reactance and rebellion. And then people will assume that maybe their kid is... Uh, not behaving or they're not acting mm, right. Not <laughs> then, listening, not behaving. Right, when the reality is they're not being listened to. Yeah, I mean, it's a it's a projection. Yeah. They're not listening to me. <laughs> right, or I'm not listening to them. Or right. I'm not listening to me. Mm, yeah. Uh, that I, I think it's fascinating, especially one of the things that I talk about on this podcast quite a bit. I've talked about it in the in the training, the liberation leadership training that you were a part of last year. Living testimony. Yes. (laughs) But this idea that as a coach, and this can extend into any any kind of parental relationship or teacher relationship. But one of the role models that I have in in all the work that I do is Carl Jung. Mm -hmm. And Carl Jung was an absolutely like brilliant, brilliant person. Brilliant in the the field of psychology and has brought so much innovation to our understanding of the unconscious mind. And one thing that was so beautiful about the way that he did things, and I the reason why I bring this up is because I I see you embody this and I, I see this as why you connect with kids so well, mm-hmm. is that Carl Jung, no matter how accomplished or prestigious he was, uh, Alan Watts would say that he had this twinkle in his eye mm-hmm. that... that you knew that he knew that no matter how prestigious and successful he was, he always knew that he was somewhat of a rascal, that he was just a little kid inside. And I am a rascal. <laughs> you are a rascal for <laughs> as am I, which is why we work well together. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> but that knowingness of his acceptance of the the child within, the mm-hmm. irreducible childlike nature that exists within every single person is what allows kids to even trust you Mm -hmm. because they know that you still have that in you. They can feel it. They can sense it. Yeah. So what has your experience been with that notion? Just being a goof. Just being a (laughs) (laughs) goof. It is true. (laughs) Yeah. Every single person from infancy and onward learns best through play. It lowers all the defenses. It puts us in this malleable, plastic, dynamic state of movement and receptivity. And everything just falls into place. And then we also move from a a space of intuition rather than 
the thinking conscious mind or rather than looking outward at who can I please? Who can I get this A from, this award from? If we're just playing, it's something that comes from within. Yeah, I remember you've always told me that the way that is best to connect with a child they've never met, like mm-hmm. if you're meeting a friend's kids for the first time or you're meeting family for the first time, to not try to have a conversation with them, but to engage yeah. in an activity. Like if they're really into like video games or a toy or a mm-hmm. play set that they have, like go do the thing with them. Why, why is that so important? And why is it so much more effective? Kids just aren't really interested in talking to you. They want to <laughs> live life with you and they just want to feel like part of the party or that you want to come to their party. And that's just human nature. It's nature of, belonging and most kids that I've ever met don't just do things for the sake of optics like adults they don't they're not as high ho are you you know they're like okay anyway can I they don't have a budget for small talk yeah (laughs) nor should they and yeah so it's like no I want I'm gonna go play Zelda I want to go outside and Mm -hmm. same thing then you are a part of their life from an experiential perspective instead of someone that their parent just kind of has to like hold them there and be like <laughs> yeah it's it's so much more aligned with the way that they interact with each other mm-hmm. right? like they don't start by like hi how are you what do you, what do you do in school and mm-hmm. <laughs> what I, like they don't do that they'll just start playing like I know um, one of my friends you're friends with him too now uh, that I had on this podcast Danny who was also a student in the in the training every time he tells the story of how we met, like, cause we met in kindergarten, mm-hmm. he's like, he's like, you know, you were just playing with some blocks and my dad told me, you know, go play with blocks with him. And then like, we've been best friends ever since. Like, yeah. Always been super close. And it, Perfect. and yeah. And that, that's the way that kids naturally connect. It's also interesting that, you know, adults can connect that way too. That oh it yeah. It doesn't always have to be like, Oh, we need to like talk about things. It, it can be like, we can have just a shared activity where we can build rapport, build connection. Yeah, and also we connect through laughter. That's definitely been you and I. Yeah. <laughs> this whole time is just, yeah, by being goofs. And actually the the laughter and living in that body, like that neurology, actually thinking about what's going on internally with that oxytocin release and the happiness and the butterflies and the the safety versus, you know, we have to always come together and have some stringent conscious conversation conscious conversations that are yeah <laughs> just exhausting uh, that is actually a really good point um especially because our constant state at home which is my favorite thing ever mm-hmm. it's like this mix of being playful being loving romantic and just shit talking 24 <laughs> <Talk> 7 so <laughs> <much shit laughs> it's true <laughs> It just not all of you. Yes. <laughs> all in good fun, of course. <laughs> just kidding. Yes. <laughs> but but I think what's interesting about it is just you and I are just so much ourselves yeah. at home and it's one of the reasons why it allows our relationship to be uh so easy for the both of us. Yeah, right? very I, ease-filled. Mm-hmm. For sure. I remember 
you and I, we, we did an episode on your, your old show uh-huh. and we talked about the honeymoon period, mm-hmm. right? Because, and, and I think this is a really important topic that I wanted to bring it onto, into this show yeah. of discussing how people have this illusion, this concept in their mind of the honeymoon period, mm-hmm. which is basically just a phase of when they're getting to know somebody where they're on their best behavior and they're not really letting the real them out. <laughs> right. And then there's the infatuation factor on top of it too Mm -hmm. yeah so i mean like what are your thoughts on like that whole idea because we've been together for almost two years Mm -hmm. and we had people in the beginning and even like after a year tell us like you're in the honeymoon period like all these things yeah and so what what are your (laughs) your thoughts on that i mean i would say people still probably think that about us that oh they just haven't been together long enough to start Uh, when is long enough (laughs) yeah i don't know nor do i care actually i just (laughs) Whenever someone makes a comment like that, it it says more about what they prefer or what they're accepting more than it does about us, obviously. But Burma honeymoon, why would you not get more into each other? More and more and more and more. Why is that something that's not talked about? Why were we never... Why did we never see that or... It, yeah, it is interesting because it's not, at least, it's not the norm of what I've observed through life, especially before you and I got together. Mm-hmm. The models for relationships, even ones that seemed good, had all of these notions and concepts to them, like, like oh, it's all about compromise and, and all of these. <laughs> no, it's not. That's so stupid to me. <laughs> <laughs> why, 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 why do you feel like that's stupid? Why that compromise is so yeah. stupid? Like lose lose. Do we just want to both <laughs> both lose for the rest of our lives, or both be half happy? Mm. <laughs> to me, it just speaks to like a larger theme. And obviously, mm. sometimes, especially once we have children and stuff, we're gonna have to learn how to be more flexible. Then we have such a charmed, <laughs> easy existence now, and I'm enjoying that. The lower complexity that that we have in our physical circumstances right now yeah to me the constant preaching of compromise or constantly making uh this nucleus of a relationship all about we're just really good at navigating conflict and he just triggers the shit out of me and he just reminds me so much of this you know authority figure in my life or my you know my dad or whoever and it's just i couldn't be with someone uh who triggered me any less (laughs) are you getting paid by the hour to be with that (laughs) to be triggered by this person why are you still yeah that that's something that i i have no idea why that that has become like this popularized thing which is like you know your the relationship is like it's it's like a sparring partner it's like no it's fucking not not in my world no and what i think it's interesting and I, I wasn't sure if I was going to bring this up on this podcast, but Do it. now I'm going to. But, oh but let's talk about Jada Pinkett Smith <laughs> oh, for a moment <laughs> because <laughs> we're talking about Jada. That's it. But the reason why I bring up Jada is because yeah. she is this public figure who reaches millions Super of people. Super famous. Yeah. With a narrative around this idea of like your relationship being like this perfect mirror that's going to show you all your shit. And it will. But how you navigate that and how you interact with seeing your own stuff is really what makes the difference. And Mm -hmm. it doesn't have to be this sparring match of like, we navigate conflict really well. We really work through things. Like, Like, oh, so you despise each other. Yeah. Got it. (laughs) 
<laughs> like this woman hates her husband. Yeah. Yeah. Well, to give a little bit of a moving towards, I believe that one of the biggest factors is liking one another as far as really being in something that is going to grow and more and more beautiful and stronger every year. It's just liking each other, vibing with each other, genuinely liking each other's jokes and the way that they smell and the their little mannerisms and even the the flaws and the silly things that they do, which you could list so many domestic quote unquote like mistakes or annoying things that I do personally but because you're into me it's just like ha oops <laughs> it's just funny but <laughs> it's, it's true. S- stuff happens here that could genuinely cause such a such a fight and i've heard anecdotally in other households it does cause such a fight it does cause tension and it, make meaning out of it this means you don't listen to me or respect me or really truly want me whatever yeah all those complex equivalents is like people make meaning out of these behaviors this equals that Mm -hmm. yeah that that's fascinating especially if it's i mean like i i'm sure you've heard it all as well but i've heard things from like yeah just the way that they breathe like just bothers me it's like oh so you you don't like the way they exist (laughs) yes or like oh because they didn't clean up this mess now they don't love me and I actually, this this just brought to light something that I didn't have words for. I never described it or put attention on it, at least in, in our dynamic. But I've never experienced a conversation with you mm-hmm. where either of us were saying, like, you should do X. Mm-hmm. Like, that word should doesn't exist in our conversation mm-hmm. when, when relating to each other. Like, you should blah, blah, blah. And the reason why I think that that's so important is because we we don't suffer from the way things are in reality rather Mm -hmm. we suffer with the way that we think about them it's our thoughts that make it so it's all suffering is an indication that we're attached to a thought and the thought might be that whatever is Mm -hmm. shouldn't be this way and it should be the way it's not it should be something else arguing with reality arguing with reality also wanting to change someone else's true nature wanting to fit two puzzle pieces together that just don't work by being like, well, what if we just shave off this part of you or add this on and you're too much of this and you're not enough that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's <laughs> if only their personality were completely different then I would totally love them. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, and I think in the spiritual community, it gets spun like, well, once they do their shadow work or once they get closer to their higher self or once they, surpass this hurdle within then they'll be worthy of my liking right my approval my loving which falls into the i'll be happy when fallacy right right but just the relationship version of it where it's like the happiness and the the love that you experience exists outside Mm -hmm. of what is right right so then you can never be present that's true yeah, never present, never at peace, which you'll always find something wrong. And it's not the relationship because mm-hmm. people in those situations, 
they'll break up, but then they'll go and date the same person over and over and over again because the reality is they're just wanting things to be different than they are, wanting people to be different than they are. Yeah. And I thought one of the things that was fascinating with you and I, and it was it was an effortless experience, so it's not something that like I intentionally tried to do or that mm-hmm. I, I think I don't think you intentionally tried to do, but you and I, when we started living together and spending more time together, mm. like we both became aware of our objectively annoying quirks Mm -hmm. in each other and the reaction to them was like thinking that they were cute like like almost thinking that they're so endearing like oh this this makes you you or talking i love this yeah we're just talking shit and then it just added to something that we enjoy doing that's right (laughs) we just made a hobby out of it we did yeah yeah and i definitely want to clarify that we get along really well because we're so compatible, not because we're so great. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah, it's, it's not because we're at relationship experts. Not at all. No, it, it actually not. falls more into the true nature thing, which totally. I would love for you to go more into that in, in the relationship context, or at least how you view it, like with you and I. Yeah, for sure. Well, I think we've literally been describing it. This, this whole part of the conversation that who is someone fundamentally to their core in their essence that is their uniqueness that they bring to the table and not just to the relationship but to this whole collective to this life experience in their authenticity and some things you just can't and I would say shouldn't change about a person and so, yeah, often if I'm if I'm hearing anecdotally about things that just aren't really going well or aren't really aligning, I'm hearing a lot of true nature mismatch. And m- when you make someone wrong in their authenticity, even if they're making mistakes, When you make someone wrong for being their authentic selves and then it's spun into some kind of a spiritual narrative or spiritual standard, in my perspective, it's actually, it's very harmful and sometimes Mm -hmm. it can actually be abusive emotionally. Mm -hmm. Oh yeah. Yeah. Because it just creates an attachment to the story, especially when you start to weave in the spiritual narrative of like, oh, well, we're going through these bouts of arguments day in and day out because it's our it's our karmic debt that we yeah. need to repay. You want to talk about good math? <laughs> yes, let's talk about Can good math. Can you ma- say good, the good math thing? Yes. You say it so well. <laughs> I like the way you say it. <laughs> so Heather and I have this thing where we talk about, uh, we say, is the math mathing? And essentially what this means is like, we we have had our difficult moments, but our at least the way that I see that we've handled our difficult moments is like they're this beautiful blessing in in contrast to like what we've heard some of our friends in going through their difficult moments. Mm-hmm. And I think one of the things that allows you to go through difficult moments is is the math mathing, which means like are the results of the relationship what you want to experience? And, yeah. and the framing of what you want to experience, everybody can want to experience something different, right? Maybe not everybody wants the relationship that you and I have mm. where the experience of it is like a safe 
and like peaceful haven while mm-hmm. also being like this romantic fun funny adventure mm-hmm. all simultaneously mm-hmm. and maybe not everybody wants that right maybe it's, we, a, it's a big commitment right it, time energy investment a hundred percent it's a lot yeah. yeah and it it is one of those types of relationship that does require both people to put each other as, as the number one priority in their yeah. lives Right. So not everybody wants to do that necessarily. Yeah. I would say God first and then each other. Yeah. So a little bit like, you know, you're a higher power of your own understanding or your relationship to self and then the other. Yeah. Yeah. I would say uh, that that is true. So there, there is paradox in that. It's like that you and I put each other number one, but here's the thing. Mm -hmm. This is where like the no compromise thing comes in. Mm Mm-hmm. Everything that I do for you mm-hmm. that like is going over the top. Mm-hmm. Um, we always joke that you're super high maintenance and I love maintaining you. Yes. <laughs> it's not a joke. It's not a joke. It's real. But we <laughs> laugh when we say it. <laughs> <laughs> but we always like the the paradox in that of me making you my number one priority. Mm-hmm. And we talked about this from the moment we got together is that we will still hold our own personal individual North star. Yes. Like above everything. So what that means in paradox here is that yes, we are each other's number one priority, but everything at least on my end. And I know, I think the same is true for you. Everything that we do for each other is because we sincerely want to do it. Yeah. Like any favors or anything that I, like any presents that we give each other. Every, <laughs> you love your presents. <laughs> big love language it's of mine. <laughs> presents. That's right. <laughs> or or any like any time that we spend together is always because we genuinely want to do it. Yeah. And even though we put each other's number one, part of how we keep each other's number one is by also tuning into ourselves and what mm-hmm. is in our own individual highest goods. Yeah, So there's absolutely. a paradox there and sometimes people can get caught in the narrative of one or the other like, well, I got to put myself first. So like, never mind what they so, want or, yeah. oh, they want it. I don't want to fucking do it. So, but I'm going to do it anyway because mm-hmm. they're number one. Right. So it's about being able to live in that paradox. Yeah. And like, I think what you were saying mm-hmm. in the putting God first mm-hmm. is, is this is harmonious with the, the putting of one's highest good first, like one's yes. purpose in life and all that. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. I think about last night and this is this is a component of safety in a relationship. We had uh, I guess we call it a miscommunication where I I guess it was more so like we just mismanaged time. Yeah, Yeah. (laughs) we had a miscommunication with time (laughs) and we were supposed to go on a sunset walk in the park, which is one of our things, one of our rituals. And there wasn't enough time for you to do that and go to jujitsu. Mm-hmm. And you were like, I know I said that we were going to do this. So this was a terrible question. So <laughs> <laughs> I just like rejected it. But it was good. But that's that's yeah. part of like honoring of the dynamic that we've created. For sure. You were like, I know you said that or I know we said that we were going to go do this. I don't have time to do this and leave for jujitsu. Would you like for me to not go? And I was like, I'm never going to tell you to not go do something that's good for you. I'm just never going to do that. It's one thing if it's an intrinsic, organic decision that you make because you know that's what's in the highest good. Or if it was a bigger promise, possibly. But yesterday I was like, I'm not 
I don't answer that question for you ever. I don't say don't go to the gym or don't go to jujitsu. That's something only you can ever decide mm -hmm. on. Yeah, that's very true. And and that is what allows the dynamic to thrive is because we both will honor that in each other because it is tempting when your partner wants you to do something and you want to make them happy, mm -hmm. even if you don't want to do it, mm -hmm. to do it anyway. But to not only have the discernment within self and the safety to do that with without getting punished for it, yeah. but also the accountability in the other to mm. honor that, which which I think is really amazing. Mm -hmm. that, and I, I feel very grateful that we get to have that dynamic. So I do want to close the loop on the math mathing though, because <laughs> that yeah. was, uh, that that's part of the dynamic that allows us to create what I like to call emotional currency, right? Mm -hmm. It's the ability for us to feel seen, heard, understood, admired and respected mm -hmm. in our relationship and we build that up so the emotional currency that you have with any one person is like you build it up over time that you've known them and over the connection that you have and over mm -hmm. the shared values that you you experience together and you start to build up a bank of that and essentially what it might look like in practice is the amount of good days that you have with each other so if a person is getting together with somebody and they're like fighting within like the first week mm. or the first month. It's like you may not have enough in the bank, enough yeah. emotional currency in the bank to like be like, is this really a good idea? So like when we look at our difficult situations, which again, they're, they're really a breeze to handle. They're pretty chill. They're yeah. pretty chill, <laughs> but they're a breeze to handle because of the emotional currency that we built. So like, for example, like we can look at, you know, have you had more, good days than bad days yeah. like is the math mathing is that's it, ultimately it right yeah there. That, that's essentially it like, like what's the math what's the percentage mm -hmm. of good and what's the percentage of not good yes and then also you know you talk about this in your sovereign dream mm. meditation or you know way of conceptualizing your future or aligning your future if you pick a random average tuesday Mm -hmm. of the relationship a random average tuesday in the household not us in bora bora mm -hmm. do everyone get along in bora bora you know <laughs> everybody can get along on vacation <laughs> <laughs> what's a random average tuesday sample of the relationship that's something that jordan peterson talks about where how you do the dinner table or how you do the hello after coming home you do that literally every single day that's the stuff that actually matters and those are the interactions that you actually want to nail mm -hmm. yeah 100 percent. because if you have more bad days than good days mm -hmm. and you are wrapped up in a story of like oh but it should be this way and like then you have some spiritual justification this is my karmic star seed. yeah <laughs> some spiritual justification which makes it actually even more difficult to see clearly in those because now you're starting to involve you know, the, your faith in a higher power and your karmic debts and, and all of that as a way of justifying it. And when you start to get existential with your stories, they become much stronger and they don't allow you to see the reality of things. And so is the math mathing is, mm -hmm. is a great question. And it's something that, that we build up. And one thing that I think is, is really beautiful about that is that it, it allows us to always use our reality mm -hmm. of, like you said, our perfect average Tuesday as mm -hmm. the metric for how it's going. Mm -hmm. And 
you and I greet each other with the same level of enthusiasm that we did mm-hmm. from day one. Mm-hmm. Actually, more. <laughs> yeah, more. More than we did on that's day one. How, that's how it goes, yeah. Uh, we laugh the same way. We the, mm-hmm. the compliments that we exchange with each other, it, it's like you and I, I think this is really cool, is that I've never had this with any other human, mm-hmm. but that I can give the same compliment like 30 times in a mm-hmm. day, and it's received as though it's the first time I'm saying it, mm-hmm. and vice versa. Yeah. And I'm such an attention whore. Like it just <laughs> never, it never <laughs> fades. Never fades. As am I. Yeah. So, I know. so yeah, <laughs> I'm aware. We know. <laughs> yes. <laughs> of course. So I think that's that's a really beautiful thing, and that's one of the things that allows it to feel fresh, like constantly. Like we have um, a really good friend, Stuart Zavatsky, who has been yeah. on this podcast. I was hoping you were going to mention that next. Actually, yeah, yeah. yeah. And so Stuart. Um, you know, he's helped countless couples like come back from like the depths hundreds of, of like, yeah. yeah. And like he's the OG, he really Cupid. is. He is the OG. Um, you know, he was, he, he's done therapies for families, couples. Um, you know, he's, he married yoga and like, mm-hmm. is like a master of Kundalini and Tantra and just a wonderful, wonderful human being. He's like such we, a sweetheart. Yeah. yeah, he's a seventy-four-year-old guy. Just amazing. Just amazing person to have around. He just is love. Yes. And what was really awesome about you know hosting Stuart in mm-hmm. our home and like hanging out with him for a few weeks is that you know he showed us you know some of the fundamentals of tantra and like the West mm-hmm. sees tantra as like. You know, uh, as Stuart said, fifty orgasms. Yeah, like yeah. souped up nookie or oh, something yeah, like like it's souped up nookie. Yeah, like so like like funny. in America, it's looked at as like this, like you know, how, how to make your sex life freaky deaky amazing. Yeah. you know, how which to that's not right, and, which is yeah. not what it is. Yeah, um, and it in fact just starts with like the way that you connect with each other, the way that you regard each other. So, close on, right? Yeah, cl- cl- close on, like completely. And so this is just in conversation. Which like how are you verbally connecting with your partner? And I remember we, uh, you know, we we helped him host a workshop that he taught. And in that workshop, what was really amazing is he taught this like reverberation exercise. Yeah, like a love reverberation or positive yeah. reverberation. Where you like would just that, yeah. tell your partner what you love about them for like an extended period of time, mm-hmm. and then he'd say to switch. But when you switch they're not doing the same thing yet. They're actually just telling you how it felt to hear all of that. Mm -hmm. And then when you switch again, you're telling them how it felt to hear how they felt from your original affirmations and and compliments and everything like that. Mm -hmm. And it creates this like beautiful reverberation, this energy that Mm -hmm. just like raises up your emotions in this really, really profound way. Yeah, I was bawling my eyes out. I remember, yeah. And I remember when you and I were doing it, one of the things that kind of took us took us aback the most was mm-hmm. the fact that like that is every day yeah like, that's how we talk to each other like yeah. we do that reverberation very naturally which what's what's fascinating about when you have that experience is that you also realize that the times when people fall into uh rough patches in their relationship mm-hmm. to put it lightly is they're doing it in reverse they're doing yeah. a negative reverberation mm-hmm. well when you said this i felt like this and, and then it just goes back and forth and back and forth yeah sometimes for years yeah like a whole marriage exactly yeah, yeah. And it, which is 
you know, a horrible existence, you know, that's going to create a lot of suffering to be in a relationship like that. Mm-hmm. And that's so, where the ball and chain narrative comes from where the, right. I hate my wife. I hate being married. Yeah. There, there's, there, so there's far weird. too many jokes about that. And it's that super is weird. Such a weird thing that is widely accepted. And I find it so confusing and yeah, I don't, I don't get it. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and I, I just think what's cool about that, that whole reverberation thing is like, that's what makes it feel like a perma honeymoon. Yeah. It's Cause that's what you're doing in the beginning anyway. Mm-hmm. And the key is, I think is to be very sincere in what you agree to and what your boundaries are and what you want to say versus what you don't want to say in, mm-hmm. in conversation. And that sincerity and that genuine communication, mm-hmm. I think has also been a big part of uh, the, the experience that we get to have together. Totally. Yeah. I mean, I think as a golden rule, there's just never an attack on character, mm-hmm. right? Never. Like that's just, yeah. that's just a hard boundary. That's a hard no, never. Mm-hmm. There's just no, you're such a blah, mm-hmm. blah, blah. Mm-hmm. And, no labels there's no labels there's no insults Mm -hmm. you know there's feedback and full disclosure i'm a pain in the ass like i actually (laughs) i i am working on my positive attitude but (laughs) i love whatever attitude you got yeah well that's that's part of the problem though is that you genuinely don't mind if i'm just in my whiny self or right because i don't i don't think you should be anything other than what you are right right but yeah i mean i i make my feelings and preferences known yes you do verbally (laughs) (laughs) so it's not that anyone's sitting around you know biting their tongue or waiting for the other shoe to fall or anything because that's when it's a a fragile Mm -hmm. honeymoon and it's just a temporary cloud that well that's what the stereotypical honeymoon is Mm -hmm. is it is that exactly it's like you're biting your tongue in the beginning because you're like i don't really think i'm safe to say this yeah um let's never fight yeah or let's never fight yeah you're trying to outrun your first fight kind of thing and i think what's beautiful is that from the beginning Mm -hmm. right we actually you started this and i learned it more from you Mm -hmm. i would say is you would always say what was on your mind from Mm -hmm. the very start and you said it in a way that even if it was related to me, you weren't making what you felt my problem, mm. but you were just sharing your feeling. Yeah. And I wouldn't take your feeling personally. I would embrace your feeling. And so right. like we would create this like back and forth where it was very safe to say exactly what you needed to say. Yeah. Nobody was going to take it personally. Right. And as a result, transparency, honesty, and just again genuine communication mm-hmm. is the natural result of that right well i'm responsible for my own emotional experience mm. and that's something in in the spiritual narrative mm. and the whole masculine is this and feminine is that and all that mm. stuff there's a lot about the masculine holding space Mm-hmm. for the feminine for her full spectrum of expression and emotion however that can turn into toxicity Very if you're easily. just unconditionally holding space and trying to take on and transmute and process somebody else's stuff somebody else's trauma or whatever is their reactivity whatever's coming up for them mm-hmm. so i think that's a part of 
that line of thinking that does need to be clarified in order to not trauma dump onto the masculine Mm -hmm. or the man in the typical narrative or in a traditional Mm -hmm. well because yeah i mean if the man in such a dynamic would could get stuck on the story of men are supposed to hold space or the masculine supposed to hold space Mm -hmm. so therefore i cannot express or emote like those stories they limit what the actual honest expression is yeah of of those of the the two parties Mm -hmm. and so it's understanding that these are just concepts these are stories and while they may be helpful and insightful at times Mm -hmm. what we really measure things on are like what are the results what what's the reality of our experience of our average day is the math mathing yeah is the math mathing essentially Did we talk about romanticism with synchronicity and people that... Will, no, not oh yet, God. but that's a good one. <laughs> <laughs> people that will have dreams about each other or something, just something that's so far from what actually transpired, what's actually tangibly, physically here happening, but they'll have some quantum or 5D whatever and be like, but they're, but I, we both had a dream about this, blah, blah, blah. So it means that we're going to be together forever. We fight every day and we hate each other deeply, but we had this dream that was very similar. (laughs) (laughs) That's like, that's another trap. Yeah. Is romanticizing the synchronicities, which I think synchronicities are beautiful. And it's not, it's not something to build your foundation on or build like, or use as a reason for staying together if you're not happy and you don't actually like each other. Yes. And that can sometimes be a trap too. It's like, mm-hmm. oh, well, we we were born in the same month and so that means, like, no, it doesn't mean anything. It's no. like the only thing that means anything is what are you experiencing right now and do you want that? Like I, right. you know, I, I think this is really interesting because we've had some well-meaning friends in the past uh, I remember ask a question of like, do, do you prioritize her, her comfort or her growth? And it was such a weird question. I didn't know how to answer at the time. I remember I was like, it's an inappropriate question too. Yes. And it's like, well, I, I don't prioritize anything for her. Like I, I prioritize her and her safety, you know, from like my, what, what the role that I choose to take on in the relationship but I don't prioritize your growth. I'm not like, hey, you should be holding yourself to a higher standard and having difficult conversations. Like, no. Because, again, like from the beginning, I don't view our relationship as, you know, a, a worthy sparring partner. No. Like, it's it's a safe haven and just like romantic, fun, hilarious adventure that we get to have. Mm-hmm. And that's what we're choosing to create. Yeah. Life's hard enough. I don't want to come home to chaos or a war zone Mm -hmm. you know this gets to be a a place of rest Mm -hmm. and a place of peace and of safety and passion and that needs to be more normalized Mm -hmm. and in regards to the safety or comfort or Uh, comfort or growth comfort or growth there's a few things number one you can't grow for me. You can't grow for anybody else. There's no such thing as secondhand growth. Mm-hmm. You can be a living invitation by embodying that yourself, by continually evolving and growing yourself, and that's it. Mm-hmm. You can't do a push-up for somebody. You can't take a breath for somebody. 
trust me, every parent I've ever worked with would do it for their kid if they could. Mm-hmm. You can't change anybody. You can only support them and invite them. Mm-hmm. That's number one. Number two, one of <laughs> my biggest pieces of advice for any other couple that wants to be happy is don't take advice from other couples. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Just don't. <laughs> Just don't. It's true. Including us. Yeah. Don't <laughs> take like take what resonates, obviously, but in general, especially if someone is somehow it's an illusion. But if someone is somehow seemingly postured above you, they're older than you, they've been together longer than you, they're, you know, have more accolades, more money than you, whatever, it it can be tempting to buy into what somebody's saying, but all you're doing is stepping into their projection field mm-hmm. into their story yeah like for all we know that person that asked that question maybe i remind them of their mother or their sister on a deeply unconscious level and mm-hmm. in some way that's they're not even talking to me mm-hmm. at all and if i were less confident or more impressionable that conversation could have gone very differently instead of like mm-hmm. Thank Very true. you for <laughs> that. Thank you for your weird question. I'm going to love you where you're at <laughs> and we're going to make fun of you after. <laughs> of course. On a podcast. <laughs> As, uh, excellent. <laughs> oh my goodness. Um, so <laughs> I think um, one other one other thing that I wanted to to also share, and this is something that it... I didn't know I needed it until you and I mm-hmm. were together and I was experiencing it every day. But you do this thing where you show me as much gratitude for the tiniest little thing that I do for you as like the most amazing grand romantic gesture. Mm-hmm. Like every single time and it and it's been like that since the beginning. Like mm-hmm. a little coffee just mm-hmm amazing enthusiastic gratitude which mm-hmm. is like allows me to feel cherished in the relationship mm-hmm. and the same like every single time like it's never taken for granted and there's always gratitude being exchanged and i know also notice the power of having that kind of dynamic yeah. of having this gratitude for everything mm-hmm. no matter how big or small and again i think that that goes hand in hand with that reverberation that loving reverberation that we yeah. get to experience together that's it for sure. Mm-hmm. It's not something I ever tried to do. A lot of it, this is where I will invite in a very woo <laughs> <laughs> moment because I actually attribute a lot of it to the fact that time is an illusion. And from a quantum perspective, it literally feels like I'm connecting to the the former self, myself in the past, that wanted this so bad. And whether I was in a relationship that wasn't aligned or on the fifth, first date of that week or whatever it was, there was just always this knowing that I carried that this was what I was on my way to this was always the path. And so it literally feels like 
that gratitude comes from that place of it. It is about what's acutely happening in that moment of that coffee of whatever, but also it's me connecting to my faith and my knowing and all the bumps along the path of getting to this. It just feels like I'm kind of sending that me love in that moment that she's somehow being supported and receiving that love too. Hmm. Yeah, that's an amazing perspective. I have actually never heard you say that before. Oh, you didn't know that? No, but that's that's amazing. (laughs) Yeah, no, it it does. It feels like that. It feels like it's okay. You know how this ends. It all works out in the end. I've always had really strong faith in myself and in things working out, just always. And I've always been absurdly supported Mm. by divine (laughs) orchestration, truly. Yeah, it's it's having that fundamental well-being, that trust in in all of it working, which uh, which reminds me of of something. And what's interesting is like the sequence of this conversation, because this is usually something that I would have in the beginning of talking about the relationship of like, well, how do you create a relationship that has this type of energy or this type of experience to it? Mm-hmm. And one thing that I think is fascinating is you and I have both learned the whole like, oh, if you want to manifest a perfect partner, then you got to write down your list of everything you want and yeah. get get your checklist going. Like, what do you want? What do you need? What do you refuse to tolerate? What are your boundaries? Yeah. And like, I've given that advice like back in the day when yeah. I like also bought into it. And then I also realized that your conscious mind can't even conceive of the entirety of how wonderful that person, the the real person would be. Yeah. And that little checklist in your mind is just like a sliver and it's not even important. And it also falls under the assumption that like, you know, what's good for you and what what would actually create happiness for you. Yeah. And so I remember at least for myself is I didn't set out with like a checklist before Mm -hmm. you and I met, but rather I set out with an intention Mm -hmm. of like the type of love I wanted to experience. Yeah. And I also expressed trust and readiness to have that in my life. Yeah. What I, I liked reverse engineering how you went about it actually. And I've actually taught some of my clients that approach instead of the typical weird Venn diagram thing that (laughs) happens and he has to be over six foot and it's like you're missing the point so much with that but even even that as an example he has to be six foot why for what purpose what's the essence of that how does that make you feel what does that do for you I feel so protected in his presence he's so so manly or so you know just rugged whatever it is okay well can you have that essence without that physicality mm-hmm. without attachment to that form 100 percent, mm-hmm. you absolutely can mm-hmm. and taking that with breaking down your approach mm-hmm. how you went about it because you set this intention in january mm-hmm. of 2022 yeah and we met Three in weeks January, later. Yeah. yeah. So do you mind if I share a part of that? Intention? Oh, yeah, no, please. Yeah, so I remember you stated, I'm ready and I trust. Mm-hmm. So that's both a decision 
and a prayer, mm-hmm. right? And what what is co-creation, right? You're deciding internally with what you do have and free will, and then you're aligning that with divine orchestration with the greater plan. Mm-hmm. And then you can take your hands off the wheel. Because I'm ready and I trust that I will meet or something along those lines. This, this, that will co-create this experience of love with this person that it looks and feels this way. Yeah, it, it feels this way and together we will. Mm-hmm. And it was all language like that. Yeah. It wasn't uh, she needs to X, Y, Z. Right. It was we will create, that we'll co-create this together mm-hmm. and we'll have this experience with one another, which is exactly what I'm experiencing and more. Mm-hmm. Like there, our relationship is what initially inspired the phrase that I'll use sometimes where I'll say, I, I get to experience things I didn't even know how to ask for or mm-hmm. things I didn't even realize I needed. Yeah. And like our relationship is what started that whole thing. Mm-hmm. And it was it was a product of that. It was trusting in, it was deciding that I was ready and then trusting in all that I can't control, the divine orchestration of it mm-hmm. all and really aligning with that. So like you said, it was a decision and a prayer simultaneously, which I think is a really beautiful way to put it. And trusting in that and just allowing it to come was, I would say, one of the best decisions and intentions I ever gave myself the opportunity to have Mm -hmm. yeah and it can be generalized to Mm -hmm. any context of life yeah yeah Mm -hmm. it's a really beautiful framework that just really authentically emerged Mm -hmm. from you and obviously it worked that's right (laughs) (laughs) so before we uh begin to wrap up Mm -hmm. I wanted to to make sure that we plugged the thing that you and I are going to be working on our little Plug project. It up. <laughs> so, <laughs> so one thing that, that Heather and I have decided to do is we actually decided to start a podcast together. This is obviously on the Zen stoic path and, but we are going to have a podcast of our own. And do you want to share the name? Or do you want you me can to share? do the okay. oh. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you. That's so sweet of you. You came up with it. Yes. Allegedly. <laughs> allegedly. <laughs> <laughs> So we are going to be starting a new podcast. This this podcast will still isn't going anymore. So you know, rest assured. But we'll be starting a new podcast called The Unconscious Couple, <laughs> and it is something that we're really excited to be creating. It although we have the name couple in the title, it is not a relationship centric podcast. We will every now and then talk about relationships, but we're going to essentially use it as a podcast to talk about the things that we are genuinely interested in these same philosophical concepts that we talk about here if it's something that's interesting and present in our lives we are going to want to share it and have conversations with each other and with guests that we find interesting and it is a a whole notion of really allowing ourselves to be just totally genuine and real in what actually interests us and in having our conversations we we came up with the name because we we noticed that you know there's a lot of people out there who Jada Pinkett <laughs> yes who maybe uh, are self-appointed conscious couples mm, and, or relationship experts right or relationship experts that a lot of their advice just falls flat in a lot of situations sometimes it works and sometimes it's very helpful for people but in some situations it falls flat or it can create um, additional toxicity that doesn't need to be there because somebody starts to get attached to a narrative. Mm -hmm. The point is, is like, it's not a, it's not a 
podcast about how great we are as a couple and why like we're smarter than everybody, <laughs> but it's rather just one that is a co-creation that mm-hmm. we get to discuss and share things that we find interesting, things that have been really helpful to us in our lives and, mm-hmm. you know, ways in which we're being inspired and, and helped through the learning of, of all the things that we have sincere interest in. Yeah, absolutely. More centered in personal growth and spirituality and just things that light us up meeting in creativity and serving is a big intention. Mm-hmm. I can speak for both of us. Mm-hmm. I believe that mm-hmm. serving the listeners, anyone that is going to be there. So loving any questions, any requests, like really wanting this to be something that is a co-creation between us, then also a collaboration between us and anyone that, that resonates with our style. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, if you've, if you've enjoyed this podcast, the Zen Stoic Path, I do my best to be as genuine and sincere as I possibly can be as much of my real self as I can possibly bring onto this podcast. And I understand that sometimes I'll probably still filter myself through who I think I need to be as the Zen stoic on this Mm -hmm. show. So the unconscious couple, you'll get much more of an unfiltered Victor. If you're enjoying this and you want to know more and, you know, get more into, you know, the way that I think the way that Heather thinks, the way that we think together and how we have conversations and co-create things, that will be the place to be. Super nice. Heather, thank you so much for being on the show. Thank you. My last question for you, and you know this question's coming, (laughs) Mm. is what does it mean to you to live a liberated life? Oh, I don't know if I was going to get hit with the the liberated life question. Mm. Mm. You certainly are. Lately for me, it's really just been coming back again and again and again to the here and now, catching my breath by being in the breath and just realizing that it's all so beautiful, it's all enough, and I no longer need to reach or try. Amazing. Well, thank you so much for being on the show. And I look forward to creating more of this magic with you on our own show. Unconscious Couple. The Unconscious Couple. (laughs) Thank you. I hope you enjoyed this episode. Please be sure to like, comment, and subscribe. This is how the channel grows, and I couldn't do it without you. So I'm very grateful for your engagement and for your willingness to share this show with the people that you care about. If you want to take the next step, be sure to go to zenstoic.com to get the sovereign awareness technique. This technique is a free technique that will show you how to develop a deep sense of self-trust and intuition so that you can make effective decisions that are authentic for you. So be sure to go to zenstoic.com to get the sovereign awareness technique or go ahead and click the link in the show notes below.